Not Found. Welcome to Source Not Found, a show about the worst versions of your favorite things. Every other week, we talk about franchises, IPs, or fandoms solely through their sequels, spinoffs, and side projects. Basically, anything except for the source material. My name is Bo Woodall, and I am a oddly placed horny child in this movie. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> and I'm Brandon June, and I distract from the fact that I'm not funny by always covering my dialogue with playful instrumentals. Awesome. That's one thing. So I actually watched this movie with the subtitles on because uh, it sort of washed over me. And like, I just, you know, like just, a like a really sad sound bath. I needed like crutches to sort of engage. Like I just zoned out. Hey, don't don't say that. Not, not the crutches. <laughs> 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 I needed the crutch of subtitles to like help me help keep me engaged because I was just I felt myself floating away from it at every opportunity. So. I saw that a lot, you know, underneath the, uh, the captions of the dialogue, just cue the playful instrumentals or sometimes whimsical instrumentals. A lot of, a lot of both of those. Well, I mean... Playful and whimsical. You, you have to have those whimsical and playful instrumentals when everyone is just smiling. And that's it. Oh, my God. You, you can't see it because this is an, an audio show, but we are smiling at one another. We are just turning to each other and smiling. At, the, at what we just had to endure... And then we're turning and we're smiling right back at, at all of you. Uh, we hope you're smiling right on back. <laughs> Fingers crossed. It's Christmas time. It's holiday time. So we are talking about a holiday movie. Holiday movies, especially in the Hallmark Lifetime Netflix variety, especially like the rom-coms, the very procedurally like constructed films are really... Is this a rom-com? I didn't see any rom nor com. There was no, I mean, the only calm was the weirdly placed gay Middle Eastern men. Were they funny? Not really. But the, I think, again, this is a this is a, an example of nothing said on screen was funny, but cue the playful instrumentals. Sure. Oh, this is comic relief here. Yeah, we're whimsical. We're whimsical now. Uh, we yeah. watched <laughs> a Christmas Prince three, the royal baby. Uh, the third film. Also, no prince. Sorry, I don't. <laughs> There's no prince, right? He's a king. I guess you got the franchise going, but uh, <laughs> God damn it, <laughs> he is he is not a prince anymore. He is King Richard, King Dick. Though actually, he's not a dick. He's actually pretty. He seems pretty neutral. Everyone is neutral in this film. He's so fucking neutral. He's he, there's nothing. I wish he. I wish he were a bit of a dick. Just something, <laughs> you know. It's the third movie in the uh, Netflix trilogy of A Christmas Prince films. All of them were hits. This was a hit? Yeah, the whole trilogy was a hit. What does it mean to be a, a hit on Netflix? Uh, just high streaming just numbers, talking I, about I it? think. I think it was high yeah, streaming numbers. Yeah. I, fuck, I don't know. Yeah, okay. I just mean, are like people talking about it around the water cooler? Yeah. Like, yeah. could you believe who took that treaty? I mean, oh, we'll talk about that. Yeah. The who done it out of nowhere. Brandon, what's your experience with these sort of like Christmas procedural movies? Uh, this. Oh, you sweet, sweet boy. <laughs> well, it's another. This is it. First, <laughs> first and last time once again. <laughs> nope. Nope. Next year, bud. No? I'm going to throw you a real fun one. So oh, I don't know Christ. if you're aware of the entire uh, structure of how Hallmark movies, Hallmark in quotations movies work when it comes to christmas um but that's what netflix did with this trilogy is they tried to make like hallmark killers most of your hallmark movies have uh let's let's say a down on her luck girl moving to a town that really loves christmas and she hates christmas but she meets a guy who kind of embodies christmas maybe he's uh a lumberjack or a firefighter or uh, the town sheriff. Just real like down home, like salt of the earth. Yeah. Blue collar type, right? Yeah. And she has to learn to love Christmas probably through a baking competition or in rebuilding a bed and breakfast and falling in love with him along the way. Got it. So this one we have Queen Amber post that experience, right? I, I take it that's what the first film was about. Uh, I, if I'm not mistaken, the first film Amber is a journalist, which she makes sure to mention several times in this movie. Yeah. 
I'm I may be the queen, but I am still an investigative journalist first. And then we have multiple scenes of her typing at her laptop. Everything is like, uh... no, no, not just typing on her laptop. I have to mention <laughs> this because it drove me fucking mad. She is supposed to be a successful investigative journalist. And everything she types on is called Amber's blog. <laughs> her website, what she posts her articles on is just Amber's blog. That's come on, please. But, I mean, that's that's something I noticed in this movie. It's so like, I guess maybe I'm a bigger idiot than I even realized. Or it really just was that numbing of an experience. But uh, the fact that I felt like I needed a crutch of subtitles to sort of like remind me of what's happening on screen because I'm just like, I'm getting lost because I'm so fucking bored. But everything in this movie is designed to be like something that's on in the background while you're knitting. Or you know what I mean? Like it has okay, to go down wait, smooth, hang on. right down the gullet. Yeah. No kidding. <laughs> while we were watching this, Kaylin <laughs> was crocheting the entire time. And at one point, my wife looks at me and she goes, shouldn't you be paying attention? And I'm like, I'm really trying. I'm trying so hard. There is nothing to pay attention to. It's like the scene when the, when the prince comes out and Amber's like sitting on this, uh, this ledge outside eating from a box. And there's just giant donuts emblazoned across the outside of the box, like the exterior. And then, like, the prince pulls out, like, the most stock-ass, like, pink-frosted donut. And a Simpsons donut. A Simpsons donut. And he holds it by the icing. Out towards the camera. So it's just, like, everything at every moment is, like, reinforcing itself to be, like, we know you're not really paying attention, so, but at any moment when you look up from your knitting needles, like, we're going to catch you up on the last 30 seconds, visually and just, like, auditorily. So just you always, you won't get lost. And every character will just be a continual source of exposition. You know, like everyone is constantly giving you another like one sentence description of who they are through their dialogue. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So yeah. Before we, we we've already we've already started we've already leapt into the rabbit hole, fallen so deep. Um, <laughs> I would like to read you the IMDb synopsis of this film. Let's do it. And then let's get into it a little bit. Now y'all pay attention. There's no subtitles on this podcast, so you really—that's right. This is all through intently, your, all through your ear holes, no eyeballs. It's a—it's a complex narrative with lots of twists and turns. It's Christmas time in Aldovia, and a royal baby is on the way. Queen Amber and King Richard are getting ready to take some time off to prepare for their first child's arrival. But first, they have to host King Tai and Queen Ming of Pingala, Pingalia. Sorry. Penglia? Penglia. Is it Penglia? I think it's Penglia, because I remember being disappointed that they weren't neighbored by a nation of penguins. That would be awesome. I thought that might have been a fun twist. Uh, of Penglia to renew a 600-year-old sacred truce. But when a snowstorm hits on Christmas Eve and the priceless treaty goes missing, peace is jeopardized and an ancient curse looms. Amber will have to figure out who the thief is before the clock strikes midnight for the safety of her family and the kingdom. There's a lot of problems with that synopsis. I was about to say, like, if you just tack on who took the treaty, that's the whole movie. They just did it. Well, so here's the problem. The snowstorm hits on the 21st. The movie tells you what day it is and tells you just how long you have to sit through this fucking movie <laughs> until you get to Christmas. Yeah. That's the only... I, I looked over at my wife a few times and was like, how long have we been watching this? And it comes up and it's just like December 22nd on the lower left-hand corner of the screen. I'm like, fuck, we have two days left. <laughs> two days until the treaty expires, until the climax has to happen. It's not a long movie, but it took me several nights to, <laughs> to get through it. I would put it on for like 20 minutes and just doze off. It wasn't even that late. It's like 86 minutes long, and it felt like a week. Um, so, Queen Amber. Amber is the former New York journalist who fell in love with King Richard in the first movie. And I guess he was a prince back then. Did we have the king in the, in the first movie? Did he pass away in, in like the interstitial? I don't know. Um, okay, because he's gone, right? It's just the queen left, and that's why Richard is now the king, right? He's yes. ascended. Yes. But I had to believe there was, like, some conflict between, like, Amber coming in to this royal family and the father not really being ready to accept someone of not royal lineage. That'd be plot. Right? That had to have been... 
Nope. Doubt it. No? I I <laughs> I, 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 do, I don't know, but I sincerely doubt it. Because plot is shoved in your face in this movie, the the few times it actually exists. So I just wanna there are only five real acts to this movie. One of them I really want to ask you about, and that is the recap. Okay. How did you feel about, like, did you feel like you were given all the information you needed? I feel like I got all the information I needed uh, in the recap and then in the scene following that and then, you know, maybe 20 minutes after that and just constantly. It was just a drip feed of just like, we're just, we're going to keep reminding you who everyone is and what they're doing and why they're doing what they're doing. And I w- yeah, it, I didn't even need it. Yeah. Now, of course, like, I'm like, I'm asking you things now, like, oh, what happened in the previous movies? Like, I, I don't know. I don't care to know. I don't need to know because um, really this is just a story about smiling at each other and then finding a scroll hidden downstairs. Don't forget that the weirdly horny 12 year old that the the little princess. Yeah, I guess. uh, Tell me more. Okay. One, she says to Amber, man, I hope I look as pretty as you when I get pregnant. Oh, did she say that? Yes, she did. She said that line. <laughs> I might have been, uh, I I might have been drifting away on just like like the Pink Floyd song, just like comfortably numb at that point, <laughs> like somewhere out in the ether. It, it man, <laughs> okay. she she made me uncomfortable. I thought Mrs. Avril was the horny one because she like there's that moment where she's like, oh, I had a carefree moment last. I Sunday. I had one last Sunday. Just... <laughs> yes, I have that written down. Such a naughty intonation on that. So I guess everyone's all horned up. This this entire film is, you know, we talked a lot about uh, Twilight being chock full of blue balls. If there wasn't a pregnant person in this film, I would assume that no one was having sex. <laughs> like it was it was a very chaste. Every hug looked like they were forced to do it. Yeah. Every kiss looked like um, they were like. I'm going to get real close. And then can we go ahead and bring my wife in instead? Because I don't feel comfortable doing this. Like it was some weird, weird stuff. But I mean, even with the baby, I'm like, there's a part of me that's still wondering, like maybe within Aldovia, they've had some sort of scientific advance where you can sort of exchange seminal fluid through a handshake. Because <laughs> Speaking of that, where the fuck is this country? All right. I have some theories. <laughs> okay. So. Before, before, you, before you <laughs> yeah. jump into that, we have three yeah. countries mentioned in this film. Right. All right. of them are part of a larger Netflix uh, cinematic universe, I guess. We have oh, Al- no kidding, really? Yeah, no kidding. I'm not, I'm not kidding. One is Aldovia, where uh, Queen Amber and King Richard are from. Uh, mm-hmm. Then we have Pinglia, mm-hmm. which apparently is our Asia analog. And then we have Belgravia which is mentioned by Queen Ming. Belgravia is the country that is the feature of the trilogy The Princess Switch, okay. featuring Vanessa Hudgens. So what is the general ethnicity of that country? Uh, also vaguely European. Oh, that... Mm, I think my theory can absorb that and sort of... Uh, cool. ...work with that, maybe. <laughs> but it's going to... It's going to change a few things. Okay. <laughs> okay. So, so where do you think Aldovia is, is, is located if you were to spin a globe and point? Okay. Watching it and just using the lore within the film, I concocted a theory. And then I just, after I did that, I looked online, just a, a very quick kind of cursory Google search, right? Let me start with that because I want to refute okay. this. Okay. I want to refute this through my theory. So... Just some, I don't know, like probably clickbait-ass article here. Aldovia, Penglia, the castle, and all the locations where Christmas Prince was filmed. Um, so, apparently, Aldovia and Penglia are located somewhere in Old Europe, more specifically next to Latvia and Lithuania. And the filming locations... The filming locations were, I guess, like in Romania? Dude, in that area? dude. Yeah? It was filmed in the same place Blood Rain was filmed, my man. Oh, shit. Yeah. Thanks, Bucharest. We really appreciate your contributions to cinema. I don't know how much research Ramun, the article, the author of this article did before writing that little paragraph there, but I can say 
that while I'm not sure where, where Aldovia is in the world, it's definitely not there. That's absolute horseshit. Agreed. Yeah. I mean, the, the whole setup for this movie is they're trying to find this treaty that was signed 600 years ago when uh, Aldovia and Penglia were at war, right? There's this Correct. scroll that has been existing since then that sort of unifies the two, these two nations in a friendship. And there's it was signed some... sometimes in the 1400s by someone who was a mixture of Genghis Khan and Fu Manchu. Yeah, Christmas Eve 1419, right? Yep. And it was to end this war over Silk Road trading routes, mm-hmm. which talk about just like fighting over just the crumbs after the meal, because like the Silk Road only lasted till like, I say only, the Silk Road ended at like in 1453, basically. Like yeah. the rise of the Ottoman Empire. So we're just like right there at the end, like killing each other over another, you know, 30 something years of making use of this thing. But the fact that at no point, as far as I can tell, I mean, I'm not a scholar in this field, uh, the Silk Road never went through um, Lithuania, <laughs> as far as I can tell. <laughs> no, it did not. So that rules that shit out. <laughs> yeah, quickly. But, but there's also the, 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 problem of their neighboring country the queen is of obvious chinese descent the actress that plays queen ming is from hong kong her name is also queen ming yeah there's that as well which makes me think okay so penglia was at some point maybe culturally chinese maybe it's a breakaway state yeah it could be so we have to have basically an ethnically white basically like British, right? Based yeah. on their accents. Yeah. A country located along the Silk Road, neighboring an, a nation of ethnically like Han Chinese people. Uh-huh. So there's no way to just square that circle. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? This just doesn't work. So I was thinking like, at, at what point in history would this have maybe made some sense? So I was thinking, well, at the height of the British Empire, right? We had British-controlled India. Sure. So they were in that region. So I'm thinking that this trilogy of movies takes place in an alternate history where the British, the rise of the British Empire actually happened maybe a couple centuries earlier because actually when they had control of India is a little bit past the, you know, the, the height of the Silk Road. Those things don't really line up. Sure. Like the British Raj. So maybe we got an alternate history where Britain advanced to a certain level a little bit earlier than in our timeline. They got into India, and I'm thinking maybe in, like, the Kashmir region, because it has to be along the Silk Road, but based on the climate, with all the mountains and the snow, it has to be, like, a, a place that retains that cold through a lot of the year and has, like, opportunities for, you know, outdoor ice skating or whatever, you know? So it has to look like, I mean, it looks like Romania, right? So maybe in the Kashmir region at the higher elevation where you're in the mountains, nestled in there, and that would also explain... So we're neighboring China at this point. Maybe there's like a, a portion of like Pakistan or whatever, or just like a, a region of China, maybe like around Tibet, where the Han Chinese were there for a time. And uh, maybe during some point in history, they broke away from the empire itself and established themselves as Penglia. And so now we have these like this trio of nations separate from, you know, the India, the China, the other great nations of that region. And that might explain why we have... so. The British left India, but they remained. Maybe there was like a settlement agreement where like, okay, we're kicking your asses out. The empire's over, but we're going to let you remain on this tract of land just north of us. And so there's sort of like this breakaway Eurocentric nation along the Silk Road, but still surrounded by Asia, aside from that. Um, You just melted me. The thought you put into that <laughs> is more that w- than was put into the entire scripts of all three movies and all three Princess Switch movies. I was thinking about this all day. <laughs> Trying to make it work. That's the best I can do. I just, like, my theory was that the Silk Road was just extended. Oh, okay. <laughs> but then what about Queen Ming? Why are they up there? Why do we have an Asian nation up nestled around that area of the world, right? Unless it's a reverse of what I said, That's, and basically we... My, my thought was maybe there was a, a Chinese or Mongol expansion, mm. and mm-hmm. the expansion took over Eastern Europe Yeah, and extended the Silk Road, 
where then you have like um because yes it 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 does seem like romania but it also like you could also possibly put it into like the alps maybe okay yeah yeah um and have it kind of shifted culturally there because it's also noticed that they are all christian they're celebrating christmas in fact everyone in this movie is celebrating christmas including the pinglians pink pingolans pink sure um <laughs> they try to bring in every type of culture as for like acting wise they're like oh god we don't have a black person oh nope melissa get in here melissa you're mm-hmm. our black person uh wait wait we have asia we have white european we have a black person oh we have white this is a very it's this very is fucking, white this is white. this is a fucking mayonnaise sandwich and the bread is cold play cds like this is fucking white and yeah. the raisins drizzled on top yeah we, we don't have we don't have anyone middle eastern give me two middle eastern gay men bring them in let's do it and it, it's just everything seems to be added on as just because they wanted to meet a quota like nothing fit plot or world building. This is what, why we're having such a hard time. And I'm thinking about your theory. And at first I was thinking, oh, that, that might be an easier way to explain this. But I'm coming back to the war. They're fighting over Silk Road trading routes. So even if it were extended, that would mean that the whole war they're fighting is over the end of the Silk Road. Where oh, we're no, like fighting over the very... Don't forget, they still have debts. They still have trade debts going into signing this treaty again of 1 billion euro. Yeah. How? If the Silk Road has been gone for 500 years. Ugh, okay. Okay. No, right, give we, me a day. I'll, I'll start working on it. I, I didn't, you know, I was so <laughs> focused on <laughs> drawing borders and looking at maps. You know. <sighs> I'll report back. Okay. Let's, let's not. So you, I guess just to sum up, we don't know. <laughs> we, we can't, <laughs> we, we can't do, we no can't do this. No fucking clue. <laughs> no one has a clue. We can't do this. Um, so we have the recap. We have the treaty being introduced between yeah. these two people that we've been talking about. They come in to sign the treaty. The monarchs come in to sign the centennial signing of the treaty. Come to find out the treaty's been stolen. Mm-hmm. So before we, before we jump into the nothing that is the next hour of movie, who did you think stole the treaty? Because I had I had three people in mind. All three were wrong. Spoilers. But I had three people in mind. I'm just going to prove myself to be an idiot because I don't have any like interesting or like well thought out picks. I was just like, this is what the movie's serving me. That's probably not it. They probably got a twist, but I don't care enough to really think through anything else. So Lynn was my first thought. The attendant to Queen Ming and yep. King Tai. She, she was, was shifty. shifty. She, you know, she kind of would slink away at times. And she seemed, uh, even though she's just this total, like, flat, like, her performance is just a flat delivery. She's just a, an attendant with, like, no, you know what I mean? Enthusiasm yeah. about there's, anything. There's nothing there. So the fact that maybe she seemed a little pleased that um, there were obstructions to their trip and things getting carried out as usual. Like, I thought, oh, maybe this is buying her time to get the, the scroll to, like, a safe location or I, I don't know. And then, like, Simon... Simon was just fucking shifty as hell. This si- dude, Simon was my first choice because yeah, he's just that guy. He's just that guy in every movie. He's in the like the the movie tries to tell you like oh he's an actual like potential love interest for what is her name again? Is it Melissa? It's Melissa. Poor Melissa. Melissa. And I'm just looking at this guy like who the fuck would be attracted to it. He reminds me of a toddler that's, like, always about to topple over. He's always just, like, swaying in and out of people's comfort zones, like a drunk toddler. I really think that's part of his process because he does that every, like, at the end of the film, he goes in to give King Richard, like, a hug of congratulations because the baby's born. And he does the Mm -hmm. same sort of weird drunken lurch into his arms and then backs away and leaves. I think it's just a weird acting thing that he does. It's not just his body, though. It's his face. He's got, like, this slack-jawed, like, just, like, looking past everyone. Like, it reminds me of friends I've had, like, when they're just, you know, 20 beers deep and, like, oh, that, you're not really that processing. That blank, vacant, what, yeah. 
like I'm trying to get you home out of here. Like the the bartender basically said, like he's got to go, and I'm just like trying to get you down the street, and you're just not uh, registering what I'm trying to tell you. I'm trying to get you in a cab or something. You know, it was like that. And like, what is he offering? I I don't know. I guess expensive rings to spoil the end, but yeah, I didn't get it. But anyway, it was like it was Lynn, it was Simon, and then oh no, it's Lynn and Simon. And part of me was like, it's got to be a twist at the end, but part of me was like, maybe it's just exactly what you think it is because it's that kind of movie. So I had, I had two thoughts. One, I thought the baby camera that Richard put together was going to be our deus ex machina. Oh yeah. 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 Because there's like a full three or four minute, like little scene. And again, this movie is only 86 minutes long, Uh huh. but they spend like three minutes on him walking around with that camera. I was like, Oh, that's how they're going to catch the person who stole the treaty. That's actually pretty clever. No, they don't do that. Um, they don't do anything. There's no. nothing to anything. That would actually take some, you know, exploration she, of. She yeah. does mention at one point that they're reading the the book about the the possibility of. Oh, nah. so come to find out if they don't get the treaty back and sign it by midnight on Christmas Eve, there is the chance that. Queen Amber and King Richard's unborn child will be cursed. They introduce magic into this movie. And at one point, the <laughs> queen mother or the king mother actually says, and I quote, sorcery was discredited a long time ago. Are you what? What? <laughs> no, they introduce magic as a possibility of conflict. In a movie that's intended to be based entirely in reality. Yeah, that's why when they bring up the idea of the dungeon being haunted, I'm like, ghosts now? Well, maybe. What, uh, sure. What the fuck do we <laughs> know we anymore? Probably... Sure, yeah. Uh, anything's possible. I love that, and I don't love I fucking... Okay. They, they set up the stakes of, like, we gotta find this treaty, and we have to have some sort of contrived reason to have a deadline on that, because... Mm-hmm. Yep, yep, yep. Uh, drama. And so the original idea is like, oh, if it's not signed by midnight on Christmas Eve, technically our states return to a state of war with one another. Yeah. And I'm just watching it like, well, that's easy enough to avoid. You have the monarchs of both kingdoms together in this one room. Sign a new treaty. (laughs) Or just, hey, let's maybe not do the whole war thing until we find the treaty. Like, we can postpone that. So it's like the movie recognizes that. And then they're just like, oh, but no, actually, maybe her... Amber's baby will be cursed by this force yeah. if they don't sign it. I like How I, about those stakes. They went to the curse after the horny little princess girl was like, "Yeah, you guys will go to war, but neither of you have a standing army." And I'm like, "Oh, oh!" She said it out <laughs> loud. She said it out loud. Um, but yeah, they hunt for the treaty, and the queen is sneaking through her own goddamn castle trying to find this thing, which it's her castle. Just say. Get out of the room. I'm searching it for the treaty. You're the queen. Yeah. Did you think they would find any ghosts down there in the dungeon? Honestly, I wasn't sure. Yeah. Because, see, that's the thing with this movie. We just talked about it, but, like, there are a couple instances. Every once in a while, something happens, and it's like, oh, are they going to, is it going to be that kind of movie? And no, it's like a one-off. It happens early on uh, when Richard and Amber are, like, in their room alone. They're talking about, like, constructing the crib. Right. And Richard says, like, oh, this is going to be more difficult than differential calculus. And he pulls out the instruction manual for the crib, and it's, like, a three-inch thick yeah. comb. It's a, it's a, yeah, it's war It's like a gag piece. prop, and it's like, oh, are we going to do, like, some slapstick humor? Is it going to be, like, a, but no. It's just that, it's just that one prop, that well, one scene. No. And the, at no other point do we flirt with, no, oh, does it happen again? Yeah, twice. The Families oh, okay, of the Palace else? book. And the uh, my birth yeah. jur- my birth plan book all are like the prop work in this movie is rough stuff. I guess it happens a couple. I just mean like we flirt with this idea of doing like some sort of gag humor like that, but then oh, it's right. not that movie at all. It's no, at no, no other point is it anywhere close to that. No, not at all. Not or even, just close not to any humor bit. whatsoever. There is one I laughed once in this entire movie, and I don't know how intentional this was. But I thought it was actually pretty funny. It's when it's pretty soon after Ming and Tai have arrived, I think. 
they're in the room basically looking at all the Christmas decorations and like the camera, it cuts to a new scene and like we're looking at the Christmas tree, we're panning over the Christmas tree and on one side of the tree is King Ty and he's basically groping this giant acorn ornament suspended uh-huh. on the, or yep, like hanging yep, from the yep. tree, looking at it in wonder and then he just like, he steps away almost reluctantly, still like giving it the side eye and remarks, beautiful, no one does Christmas like the Aldovians. <laughs> yeah. It's like, <laughs> what? So I actually, I laughed out loud incredibly hard when the doctor got bird struck <laughs> no yeah i think i laughed at that at that moment i was just so dead from because that's pretty deep into the movie right yeah oh it's like, it's the morphine it's drip 10 was minutes really from the end at that point yeah yeah so the, I, I think i might have chuckled yeah. for, for, for the <laughs> listeners slash those of you who watched it or have not watched it the doctor is rushing to the castle to help deliver this baby which they're royalty they should probably have a medic on hand you would think in castle you would think oh but it's fine because queen ming is there and she used to volunteer at a maternity ward yeah uh, and she uses a fucking paint roller to help the cramps um yeah i have to assume like when she volunteered she wasn't actually <laughs> delivering the babies right? Assum- assumedly not she That's was not getting- usually the the task for volunteers yeah. it's usually like hey can you like clean up these sheets or something for us or like you know what i mean so the do- the doctor is driving through these snowy mountain passes answering her phone as she's driving in these horribly dangerous conditions and yeah. then she hangs up the call focuses on the road and then her car gets hit by the biggest fucking bird ever and knocks her <laughs> into a snowdrift and then the king the king expecting his child because his wife is in labor jumps on a horse to go get this woman well we have to have our prince on a on a horse right oh my god swoon it's wild how many days removed are we from the snowstorm at this point the fucking monarch cannot get his roads plowed (laughs) what the fuck he also doesn't he doesn't get anyone else to go get her like dude get one of get one of your uh I don't want to call them servants, but servants to hop in a all wheel drive truck with some chains on the tires and go get this doctor who was driving a Ford Fiesta in the worst winter storm Aldovia has ever seen. And this is the moment where, okay, nothing happens in this movie. And then all of a sudden everything happens. It's like the screenwriter spilled a pot of plot devices onto page 53 of the screenplay. And all of a sudden it's like, Penguin's leaving. Everyone finds out about the nefarious plot. Queen in labor. Doctor drives off the road. Prince on the horse. You know, baby, maybe cursed. Locked in the dungeon. Yeah. yeah, it's just like all of a sudden we. Um. Oh, how about this and this and this and this? What and just drama, and then just we resolve it within five minutes. Absolute dog shit. Talking about the dungeon. Why the fuck? Okay, so the the queen and the princess are down in the dungeon looking for the scroll. They yep. get locked into a cell when the the cell door closes behind them. Uh huh. The keys are hanging on a hook right outside the cell door. Uh-huh. And we cut back to the princess who, she's disabled. She moves about on these, these crutches that attach to your arms. And the scene is her, like, leaning out through the cell bars, like, trying to keep herself stable on uh-huh. her one crutch. While the other one, she tries to, like, snag the keys off the wall. Uh-huh. Like, going through the hoop. And the queen, who has two perfectly good legs... Also and longer arms. Uh, and also taller. longer arms. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Just all around uh, appendages are, you know, give it a little more distance. A better choice to grab keys, one, w- one <laughs> would sitting, say. Just sitting, watching this unfold. Like, at some point, maybe have your disabled daughter sit down, maybe remove one of her crutches, and maybe try and get that off the, the wall. Mom, how about that idea? But no, we just watched this poor girl struggling to get, and it, she fails. Yeah, she the loses one off. crutch, and they just don't try to use the second crutch. They just no, set down disappointed. Yeah, it's like they just drop right directly below. Like probably they're still within reachable distance. Especially it's like, if, if mom steps in she, to try. Yeah. Yeah. That and then <laughs> the queen's like, oh, I have a hairpin and I know how to pick locks. Everything's fine. Why didn't you do that an hour ago, Ma? Jesus Christ. She pulls her hairpin out leans over, just like slides it in the lock, and it's like one twist to the wrist, and they're they're out of there. It's Look, like, I damn queen. This ain't her first rodeo. Yeah, no kidding. That's where her and uh, the former king used to do some weird stuff. Um, I I can't imagine that you know, fifteenth century dungeon locks were that complicated. But man, she was quick. 
And if she knew she could even, do it that even fast, try with that one. why did you make your daughter lose one of her crutches? But that's the thing. Like, the movie comes up with these, like, sudden, like, oh, my God, let's, like, have some stakes and some tension here, some drama. Here's, like, here's a conflict, and they resolve it in, like, 30 seconds. Like, why did yeah. you even? <laughs> There's a patience issue. There's a big issue with patience. Uh, well, they're worried. It's like, uh, if we have a lingering conflict, maybe if someone was looking away from the screen, you know, looking at their knitting needles a little too intensely, when the conflict started, they're going to be lost when we're, like, when we so come back to, get to rid this of it. conflict. Yeah. We need to start it and resolve it within the same scene. Yeah. God. Yeah. So I, I only have two more things to mention about this entire film. Yeah, I think I'm done. About this entire <laughs> film. Um, okay. One thing, the, the Queen Mother. Yeah. Um, Alice Craiga. Do you know what she has been in? All of the things she has done? Hit me with Dude, it. She was the Borg Queen in Star Trek. Oh, shit. So this really isn't her first rodeo. She's no, like, been a she is. Before. She is a well, well-known actress. Uh, she was the main antagonist in a live-action Disney film, The Sorcerer's Apprentice, with Nicolas Cage. Um, Missed that one. It, that's fine. Um, you know, I, I, I plan on uh, continuing to miss it. That's a good move. <laughs> but I mean, like, she is, she is the only actress in this film that is incredibly well known. Like Rose McIver's done Eye Zombie, and she's in in Ghosts now, and she's actually a a very very enjoyable actress to watch. But man, this this was some some rough shit. The only other thing I have to say, they have the baby. They have their royal baby by the end of the film. The baby is at least uh, five to six days premature, and the baby comes out six months fucking old. That is an old-ass baby. That is an old, old-ass baby on that screen. I, I want to just, yeah, I'll, I'll like, uh, validate what you're saying, but I, I don't know babies. Sure, yeah. <laughs> I'm not kidding. We finished the film. I went on IMDb to pull up some reviews for the podcast to see if I could find yeah. some fun ones. The first review I saw was a five out of 10 star review. And the title was just, that is an old baby. <laughs> <laughs> to have that be your hang up in a fucking slice of Swiss cheese ass plot hold. The title of the review is. was that is an old baby. <laughs> okay. So good. I, I bought everything until this moment, but that baby, that was just a bridge too far. <laughs> it, honestly, the, the baby did throw me a little bit, man. Like that is a full six month old child. I, I must have been checking my watch. Uh, I didn't really give it a good look. I guess I had, I'm looking at my notes here. Okay, just two random observations. One, Andy and Sahil, are they, they're interior designers, right? Uh, design management, yes, from my understanding. Design management, because they had the most basic ass observations about the decorations. Um, at one point they're saying, like, they're like remarking on the, the decorations and the It should be more design. royal blue. I think it's what it he could says. use a little more red. I think a little more blue, royal blue. Fucking kindergarten ass ideas about color. Yep, red and blue, like not even like you know specific shades of those two cerulean hues. Cerulean and uh, like crimson. Fucking anything, red and blue. All we can say is like I think more of this primary color. Oh, I think more of this primary color. Oh, the royal one. Oh, but you know because the royal. Fuck off. I I don't know how you guys are supporting, but they have a multi million dollar deal going so i guess people are clamoring for point to something in the color wheel and tell me what we need more of the baby shower was something it was something if okay here's here i think this is maybe my final thing we talked about the prince not not really having anything he is kind of a dick in fact maybe a pretty massive dick because during that baby shower he goes up to king ty and says like hey do you want to like pop out with me for a second now as a man who has attended certain functions that really aren't uh, made for us. Sure. Maybe certain, you know, maybe they're more like children aligned or female aligned. Or you know what I mean? It's just like you're a guy, the guys are in the back and, you know, we're just like shooting the shit. Yeah, Maybe yeah, there absolutely. are things taking place. Maybe it's like a kid's birthday party or something and you got invited and you're there as, you know, just an adult presence, but it's not for you. And the host comes up to you and says, hey, why don't we just like get away from this for a second? The way I take that is, oh, you got something better than what's going on here that you're about sure. to show me. Yeah. Usually it's like, hey, what if we just like get out back, get away from this for a minute and like light up a couple stogies or like I've got some really nice scotch that I've like. Sure. Yeah. I mean, away. That and like that we're just going to go shoot sense. the shit as like guys in the back. 
The prince does that to King Ty. He's like, hey, you want to get out of here for a second? And what does he have him do? Help him assemble a fucking baby crib. And what they, a and, dick. <laughs> and they fuck it up. But yeah, they fuck it up. But I mean, I wouldn't be invested in that task if I had been like pulled away from the baby shower. I'd be like, you know what? I think I'll just go back and like, you know I'm, what I mean? I'm going to go get some Better more champagne shit. and some crudite <laughs> and watch. Not do this. Watch her open. My, my wife knit a purple thing for the child, I guess. Well, what was that? No clue. Did... <laughs> no idea. So, so Ming gives an, uh, a gift to Amber for the baby shower. But like at first it really threw me because like she wasn't planning on staying for that baby shower and she's got a gift prepared. But then she explains that like I made this today. Like, oh, OK, it's something that she was able to make on the premises. And she gives her like this box with a blue knitted thing. I was like, is that a face mask or what the fuck is that? It was a single mitten. I, I, I honestly don't it know. It was a mitten? No, I don't know what it, it was. It's just like, I really don't. <laughs> I, I have no idea. Bit of cloth. <laughs> Maybe a bib? I don't, I don't fucking know. They don't tell you and. They don't tell you. They, they tell you a lot in this movie over and over again about the exposition and what's happening in the film, but they really don't give you much about depth. They're not expecting anyone to question it. <laughs> no. We're questioning all the things that like the, the creators of this movie were like, wait, what? You actually were curious about that? You're not supposed to be curious about that. We are all just readers of Amber's blog at this point. <sighs> okay, let's let's get <laughs> okay. away from this. Let's get let's get away from this. I, I know that this is dear listeners. This is probably the briefest discussion we've had about uh, a topic we've wanted to cover. But there's not much to say. There's not much to say. <laughs> um did we ever say who the who actually took the tree? Oh though? no, no, it was Beardo. <laughs> we can't blue ball our listeners. Yeah, we sorry, <laughs> sorry guys. We've been doing that a lot lately. Yeah, the Mr. guy, Mr. Little, the guy who stole the treaty was the guy with the beard. Yeah, the uh, the uh, random attendant who I never would have pegged him for. He's like this devoted attendant to the the queen. Yeah, he seemed the most polite and devoted of all of them. So there's this long-standing what blood commitment he had he's from this line that was betrayed hundreds of years the ago that... family of devon yeah it was, it was a bad it should have just been simon and lynn yeah this is just like oh you thought it was yeah we put the pieces in place like the red herrings to make you think it's these two but it's actually this guy and you're thinking as if you're well were there any hints or like could i have like figured no no there's no, no there's no review of like oh here are all the scenes where like it actually it would have worked out for mr little as opposed to these two there's nothing to review because there were no pieces put in place. It's just like, we knew we couldn't make it exactly who you think it is, so it's this random guy, and it is what it is. Cut to credits. So fucking yep. stupid. Yeah. Um, so, not gonna source any of those. You alluded to the idea of maybe uh, torturing me next year. I'm gonna figure out a way over the next year to prevent that from happening. Cool. Um, well, I, and... <laughs> I wasn't gonna do this. I wasn't gonna do these again. I was gonna find one of the ones that have like a baking contest. Yeah, I, I maintain my previous statement. Got I'm it. Working on ways to disrupt that plan. <laughs> okay, because this sucked. Yeah. No. I it it was not it was not fun for me. I the only again the only part that I really enjoyed was watching that bird hit that car and the doctor losing her. <laughs> fucking mind it was very funny to me i mean the idea is like i guess i mean this is the target demographic is women and you have to believe like these are made for them to kind of like swoon over the the prince right there, he's not swoon worthy what but maybe he was in like the previous like this is like the third one right this is like we're just sort of this is like a heartfelt like ode to like remember when this guy used to swoon over and i watch him in his like family element Man, I can't imagine him ever really being swoon worthy. I mean, he was. There's nothing. He was kind of movie, handsome. Yeah. He's kind of handsome, but he had yeah. really bad hair and he had no personality. Yeah, I don't know. The only thing, swoon thing I saw was I just someday I want someone to look at me like King Ty looks at that acorn. Because fuck me, he, like, you know he, he was sneaking in there after dark and yeah, he was going he's, to town. He's coming back <laughs> to that acorn. Most, it's just a big. <laughs> it's just. It's just a big fucking acorn on the tree. <laughs> Every time I think about that, I laugh. Uh, you Aldovians have really outdone yourself this time. <laughs> Slightly oversized acorn. Yeah, every time I come to Aldovia, I love to touch the acorns. You guys have the best acorns. Fuck me. All right, maybe I had a better time with this than I thought. <laughs> I just keep anyway. I just keep thinking about the just the title of a legitimate 
journalist having a <laughs> website called Amber's Blog with the little <laughs> crown over Amber. Oh, Jesus. Anderson Cooper's thoughts this morning. No, it'd be Andy's Blog is what it would be. <laughs> Andy's Blog. Oh, fuck. <laughs> All right, so... Before we say goodbye for this episode, uh, because this this movie was not worth sourcing, I do want to play a a little game with you. Let's do it. You have no experience with these Hallmark style like Christmas movies. So I've got some descriptions of films. All right. Uh, Very, very brief synopsis. Some are real. Some are not. Oh, boy. (laughs) So, which one is the real Hallmark movie? No, you just have to tell me if you think it's real or fake. I'm yeah, gonna, right. I, I'm okay. gonna, I'm gonna do five, just five, and then okay. we'll, we'll, we'll move on to, to what you're doing for Twitch and, and how to contact us and stuff. Cool. Um. All right. Jessica is in charge of finding a Santa for her town's Christmas parade, but her only option is a stubborn Uber driver who lives 200 miles away. She hires him for a trip home in hopes of convincing him to take the Santa gig. <laughs> uh, hmm. This denotes a certain level of investment in Christmas already. I mean, it's obviously just tied to her occupation, but uh, I'm going to say that since she's already... Like, these movies are about finding Christmas, right? I'm going to say that's fake. That is a real movie. It's called Finding okay. Santa, starring Jody Sweeten from Full House. Okay. I'm probably going to, yep, I don't think I'm going to do so well with this one. Ashley is a marriage counselor who is unlucky in love. But when she starts counseling an older couple who look remarkably like Mr. and Mrs. Claus, she falls in love with their son, Matthew. Mm, I'm going to say that's also fake. because that, that one is fake, yes. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. I guess my conception of these movies is like the main protagonist, she has to leave her her element to a certain degree, like leave town, go to like a, you know what I mean? She's got to leave the big city. Yeah. 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 So, okay. All right. A former hotel maid becomes a governess for a young girl only to find that the girl is actually a princess with a very handsome father. I'm going to say that's real. It is real. That is the plot of crown for Christmas starring Danica McKellar. Sure. From wonder years. Yeah. Uh, who is that in, in Wonder Years? The the love, right? Uh, what is her name? Whitney? We, uh, what? We're old, man. <laughs> <laughs> what is her name? Wendy. Winnie. 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 Damn. Aww. I'm just remembering I had a crush on Winnie as a kid. Well, if you were a um, prince... And yeah, you could you could you could make that work. All right, just gotta yep, I'm on it. Catherine, a high-powered attorney, finds herself in a moral conundrum where she must represent a large corporation that's threatening to build on the land a small town uses for its annual Christmas fair. Oh, this just has real all over it. We got the attorney, we got the conflict over, and then what? The, uh, the love interest, like, he's defending the land, and she learns the magic of Christmas through his resistance. It's actually yeah. fake. Re- oh, fuck me. <laughs> <laughs> All right, last one. That was good, though. That's, that was, yeah, that's a tricky one. The North Pole is running out of magic energy, so an elf named Clementine must travel to a small town to convince its citizens to uncancel their Christmas tree lighting ceremony. That seems way too high concept. I'm going to say that's fake. <laughs> that is real. It's the plot of <laughs> it's the plot of North Pole starring Tiffany Amber Thiessen. <laughs> uh, okay. Well, <laughs> what was my score? I don't. I didn't Bad. Even I think it was. I think it was. <laughs> I think it was one or two out of five. All right. Well, not bad for a for a scrub like me, just a newbie like me. You know what I mean? Oh Christ! Oh man! I'm, <laughs> so, I'm... Uh, Merry Christmas! Yeah, no, everybody. Kidding. <laughs> Happy I'm, holidays! I'm very excited for our next episode, though. Yeah. So let's get into that. Yeah. Next episode, we're gonna be talking about the things that we sourced this year. 
things that brought us joy that we think may bring you, our listeners, joy. Mm-hmm. Can't wait. Just a nice, positive conversation about our favorite things this year. Yeah. Capstone to um, a couple months of, uh, well, you know, really, like, when you run through the balance of things we've done, it's pretty, I mean, we've had the Mortal Kombat movie, which is great. So good. Castlevania 64, stellar, you know. um, That's it, bud. (laughs) (laughs) No, I mean, we had uh, Dream Warriors. Dream Warriors, yeah. We had a lot to like there. We had the NES Nightmare on Elm Street game, which was a lot of fun. And then, yeah, we had our... You know, Mortal Kombat mythology, Sub Zero, just dog shit. Um, and then Blood Rain, those are the dredges. And then in between, you know, I mean, like the Mortal Kombat novel is not good, but we had it was some fun. fun talking about that. Yeah. But we've, I mean, we've really just had a blast just doing this. Yeah. Yeah, we have. From the end of August on to now, what a, what a ride it's been. And we're going to keep on. Keep on keeping here. on. Yeah. So we, I mean, just to, next time will be like our capstone, but already just. Thank you so much. Yeah. Everyone who's supporting us. Yeah, very much. We appreciate the support. We appreciate the outreach, the participation in anything we, the questions we ask online, the, the conversations we try to start, stuff like that. Mm-hmm. You can find us everywhere at Source Not Found Podcast, Instagram, Facebook, Patreon, Discord. If you want to come at us for our opinions about hallmark style christmas movies that would be source not found pod at gmail.com and speaking of patreon going back a little bit our shout out tier is still being held down by Susie dags and jacob spindell friendship and coming up in january slash february we're going to start doing uh patreon exclusive content episodes maybe a newsletter just kind of reaching out and giving some special stuff to the people that support us. Brando, what's going on for December, bud? I know you're doing that good, good Twitch streaming. Yeah, right now we're just uh, wherever the wind blows me, you know, whatever, wherever the wind takes me. Um, I did a lot of like thematic... Aldovia. <laughs> Maybe, given enough time. Do we have any tie-in games with this one? Um, yeah, I've done a lot of like thematic stuff. I did like Hot Core Summer, you know, the Armored Core series just for like several months, all summer long. I did Spooky Season. We did November. So December is just, you know, cleanup, finishing some games that I didn't finish and uh, doing whatever strikes my fancy. So come on by and see what's next. Uh, Lejeunebug, L-E-J-U-N-E-B-U-G. Link down in the show description. But yeah, uh, thank you so much for listening. Uh, Please reach out and contact us with thoughts, questions, IPs you want us to cover next year, things you think we should source in the future. Uh, and until then, don't forget to check your toilets for Freddy Krueger and... Oh, he's getting after them acorns. Keep them, <laughs> keep them out the way. No, 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 Freddy, not my acorns. <laughs> <laughs>